Hello again, welcome to another episode of the Uranium Market Minute. Today is Thursday, September 22nd, and this is episode number 187. My name is Justin Hewn. I am your host. I am the founder and publisher of the Uranium Insider Pro Newsletter, the only investing newsletter that focuses solely on uranium, finds the best risk-reward investment opportunities in the space, and publishes on a regular monthly basis. As always, nothing that you see or hear in this podcast is intended to be investing advice. I'm not your financial advisor. This is not financial advice. Please always do your own due diligence when it comes to investing and always take responsibility for your own choices. All right, good to be back with you guys again today. Another relatively weak day in the market as we pull back from those recent highs on the run-up on the Japanese news. Most of that rally is faded. We'll look at the charts in just a moment. I'm going to talk about sentiment a bit in the mailbag section today. Before we do that, we're going to run very quickly through the daily scoreboard because there's almost nothing to report on. Spot price of uranium, 49.25 a pound, ticking up on very low volume. Spot did not raise any cash, nor did they buy any new uh, pounds of uranium. Discount to NAV widened to minus 5.5% at the end of the day yesterday. However, the trust did trade down a couple percentage points today with the uranium up. So we're close now to that 10% discount to NAV as markets continue to go risk off yet again this year. It's been quite the up and down this year, has it not? Turning to the ETFs, neither URA nor URNM reported any changes in outstanding shares. No mandated buying or selling. Let's quickly just jump into the charts here. <clears throat> URA down 1.7%, um, really not a whole lot of action going on here. I do want to note that typically, and I've mentioned this many times before, what I like to see on uptrends is increasing volume, downtrends, decreasing volume. So we're now seeing this downtrend over the last week and a half or so, volume continues to decrease as well. And that's uh, obviously something that we like to see. Um, RSI not helping us out here at all. I would like to see, obviously, uh, you know, positive divergence in the RSI, but basically be a lower low in the, in the actual trust, the actual um, ETF here, and a higher low in RSI. Well, RSI, we're already back at the same levels that we were with another, you know, five, 6% down in the ETF stock price itself. So I think we're headed lower in RSI. I do think it's highly likely that we end up filling this gap. That's just another one or 2% move down. So it seems like it's practically inevitable here. Of course, I would love to see a higher low from a few weeks back. Will we get it? I think a lot of that has to do with two things. One, will we see a near-term strong move up in the spot price that attracts new investor attention into the space? Or B, will we actually have uh, risk kind of come back onto the markets? Again, I want to talk sentiment in the mailbag section. URNM relative to the commodity itself, pulling back again yet today, down over 2% uh, with the actual price of the commodity on the rise. Let's fill that gap and let's get moving back to the upside here. The commodity is moving back up after that dump last week. We saw what it, uh, I mentioned the other day in the market minute that a single entity sold 400,000 pounds and that was a $3 drop in price. So all it takes is one motivated seller or one price insensitive seller and uh, essentially no buyers, you can get that kind of movement. This still looks decent zooming out as we're making a series of higher highs, higher lows since the bottom in July. Let's see if that holds true over the next week or two. Cameco remains a very, very strong stock in the space, but did get hit today a little bit, minus 1.6% on the day. All of this, of course, is with the backdrop of a weak S&P. I did draw this horizontal line here showing an area of congestion from a number of weeks back where we saw a bit of resistance that could become support. That's right around the rising 50-day. <clears throat> Another couple of percentage points down, we hit that. 
Then, of course, we have the rising 200-day and this strong, strong trend line that has been hit one, two, three, four, five, almost six times since the bull market began. So that would be if we get that kind of pullback in a risk-off environment over the coming weeks or months, that would be the load the boat area for uh, this sector leader. URA relative to the S&P, pulling back still a little bit here, um, looking at a breakdown from this bear flag, <clears throat> technically basically perfect. That's a perfect bear flag and it perfectly broke down as we did expect. Still above that 200 day, which is rising and this long-term trend line that we did have an undercut low this summer. Um, going forward, looking at the spot physical uranium trust, like I said, back down to somewhere close to an eight or 9% discount to NAV, possibly pushing 10. I think intraday, we were closer to 10, we're probably eight or nine here. Either way, that's a lot. And historically speaking, when we get to that great of a discount to NAV, it's been a buying opportunity. I don't think this is any exception. Okay, I'm going to share um, a tweet here from my friend Cuppy. This is Harris Kupperman. He's a hedge fund manager, and he also has a newsletter service called KEDM. <clears throat> and this service is going to have, uh, they are going to host a members-only chat with Art and Adam, um, Art Hyde and Adam Rodman from Segra Capital Partners. Okay. And so these guys, I talk about Art a lot because he has a presence on Twitter, and him and I have had a number of conversations. He's very, very sharp. Uh, him and his partner, Adam, have uh, probably as much knowledge on this sector as anyone. And as I mentioned in yesterday's podcast, Art and Adam from Segra, Mike and Tim from Sachem. Okay, these guys go way back in terms of uh, being very, very early to this thesis and have, have, has, have had huge wins going on. And they're really, really um, bullish here, basically going forward. They can understand what's happening in the fuel cycle better than anyone. Uh, they understand it so well that they constantly correct the actual nuclear fuel consultants that are supposed experts on this market that basically report the prices, um, try to uh, pontificate on what's happening in the sector going forward. And uh, they've been corrected over the years, time over time, by Segra and Sachem. Um, so Art and Adam are both going to have uh, a, a chat with Cuppy um, for the KEDM service. Now, this service is uh, is very very professional. They do have a four week, and I'm not I'm not an affiliate or anything, so I'm just letting you know. They do have a four week trial period that you can check this out and tune into this uh, to this conversation. Why I am excited to listen to this trial uh, to this um, conversation. Mike and uh, Mike from Station Cove and Adam from Segra were interviewed this morning on the Macro Voices podcast. I spoke about it yesterday. I linked to it in yesterday's description. I was very excited about this and pretty disappointed in how the interview turned out. Of course, it's always great to hear from the guys from Sachem or Segra because they're such experts on this space. And um, their, their conviction gives me a lot of conviction. So obviously, I do my own work as well. But um, when, when they speak on something, if I'm in agreement with it, it really adds to my own personal conviction. Just the deepest possible understanding of what's going on in the fuel cycle is really the best we can do in this sector. Because if you don't understand that, then you get whipped around by uh, statements of there's there's no shortage of uranium out there. Yeah, everybody knows that. You know, There's uranium everywhere. It's literally everywhere. I could walk outside my door in my office right now, pick up a handful of dirt. I'd have some uranium in my hand. Um, that doesn't mean that there's not a short to midterm shortage based on the lengthy and complex fuel cycle from mined material to fabricated fuel. Um, I've spoken about this many, many times, so I'm not going to go into it now. But 
I wanted to mention all this because the tweet that I'm sharing is from Cuppy and Cuppy is going to be chatting with Arden Adam. That is, I believe it's next Friday. It is the 30th. Yes, that's next Friday. So um, you can uh, take part in that uh, in that free trial and uh, or join their service outright and, and listen to that chat. I'm very much looking forward to it. So Cuppy is retweeting a tweet from the sentiment traders. So before I read his uh, take on it, sentiment trader says, mom and pop have given up. This week joins just four others in 35 years with more than 60% of respondents being despondent in the AAII survey. So the AAII, I believe it's the American Association of Individual Investors. They do these sentiment surveys and publish the data. One year returns after the others the other four times there were more than 60% of respondents have been despondent. So despondent is basically throwing in the towel. They're, they're super, super negative on the markets. Everybody believes a market crash is right around the corner. Okay. One year, it doesn't mean we're not going lower. And when sentiment is this bad, by the way, sentiment has been really bad for gold and silver for the past 12 months. And we continue to, to trickle down, especially in miners valuations, but I digress. One year returns after the four other times this has happened. 22%, 31%, 7%, 56% the last time it happened. Of course, that was uh, 2008. So uh, basically, he's just highlighting that sentiment is very, very bad here. And <clears throat> sentiment is a big signal um, in contrarian investing. It's when sentiment is euphoric, that's typically, um, you know, can be a sign of a top or in conjunction with other elements, with chart signals or with fundamental signals can be a sign of a top. And when sentiment is largely despondent, oftentimes that is a sign of a bottom. Why? When sentiment is really, really bad, typically there is very large um, short positions. There's a lot of people that are short. And all it takes is for the sector to start to move against those shorts and the shorts have to cover. And that gives uh, some fuel to the fire, right? So Cuppy, Cuppy's basic take here, I'm going to reiterate because I've been following him and, and uh, connecting with him for a while here. His basic take is that Project Zimbabwe, as he calls it, with which is the massive money printing. You know, they're going to have to print money to pay for the interest on the debt. That that interest is rising with each rate hike, and the the money printing that's already happened uh, and will continue to happen is going to make inflation relatively sticky going forward. And he believes basically that the Fed's going to go and persist with this rate hike for a very short period of time going forward, possibly even ending this year, where in his words something breaks. And they pivot and that pivot, he believes, is going to be relatively violent because, and I agree with him, I think there's a lot of money on the sidelines that really, really wants to be long here. And they're basically just waiting for the signal. We all knew that sentiment sucked. We knew it was an extreme of sentiment sucking. You guys are all too bearish. Read the comments. When it turns, it's going to be violent. Hard part is catching turn in Project Zimbabwe. If you miss the turn, you lose all your toys. So he's very, very... Um, enthusiastic of about getting longer. Now, of course, he's already long the spot, the Sprott Physical Uranium Trust and very bullish on uranium. He's long a number of oil plays, um, in particular, some uh, call spreads on the on the futures. <clears throat> but he wants to get longer after the Fed breaks something. So this is an interesting take. I tend to agree with uh, much of his takes on, on the macro. I think that he's obviously much more um, much more focused and much smarter than I am with overall macro. So I like to follow guys that are smarter than me in the areas that I don't understand. Um, I think my understanding of uranium is probably a bit better, but he's you know going to talk with the Sager guys. So this is a, a very good thing to, to be able to tune into next Friday. And I, I will definitely be doing so. 
Um, so I just thought this was a very interesting sentiment signal and sentiment is really, really bad right now. That doesn't mean we can go lower. In fact, I do think we go lower. When I say we am talking about the broad markets, all it takes is a new, uh, a new catalyst, a new piece of news, or just some big, uh, some big money coming into the sector. When the sector first took off in December of 2020, the, uh, the, the commodity had not moved. Okay. The commodity had not moved at all. It was stagnant in December 2020. All of a sudden, money started piling into the sector. And um, and that carried momentum. And it was a move before the commodity moved. And the commodity ended up moving, of course, as we all know, since then, uh, commodity is up from you know the low 30s to the high 40s. That's pretty significant. But all it takes, and this is how this sector works, okay? Um, you can try to time the bottom in uranium, but it's really, really difficult. Now, the charts can help you with that. The charts can help you with those swings. But knowing when the sector is going to take off is very difficult. Um, you know, you have trend lines, you have moving averages, you have volume signals, you have chart patterns, you have RSI, that all of these, these things can help time those intracycle bottoms and tops. But... Um, that's not how I like to play it as a contrary investment. So for myself, what I like to do is I like to stay long uh, to the extent that I am long in uranium equities, which I am. Um, it's not all of my net worth, my investable net worth, but it's a pretty good chunk. It's the sector I understand the most. So I hold on to my longs. I don't like to trigger tax events if I don't have to. I want long-term capital gains. I'm already in the highest tax state in uh, in the country, in the United States, in California. So as much as I can save on taxes, I try to, which means I want to hold on my investments as long as possible. However, there's a smaller portion of my uh, investment portfolio that I do swing trade and I will short. So right now, what I have on right now is 100% long into my uranium equities because I don't want to not be long with this fundamental setup. I don't know precisely when it's going to go, but I know that it is going to go. That's what makes me most comfortable with my, knowing my own psychology with investing. However, I do have a short on the S&P and sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't. I've taken out three or four shorts on the S&P over the last six months. Every time it has worked out so far, knocking on wood, that's basically a put spread that goes out a few months uh, going forward. And if I can double or triple my money on this put spread, it gives me a little more cash to add to my longs. That's my strategy. That's it. Otherwise, I follow the charts every day. I watch the sector every day, but I'm not in and out. I'm not panicked on these on these resets. When the when the when the charts pull back to support, when they come down, when sentiment gets really bad again, I don't really care. I'm just hanging on for the long run. I want to be long this sector right now because I know what is coming for the commodity, and I believe in what is going to happen for this commodity in the sector for the mid to the long term. And even the short term, uh, most of the time, I don't try to, uh, I try not to be bullish on the short term, but um, but I, I am bullish on the short term. I'm talking less than six months. I think we get a very, very strong move in probably less than three months. One more thing I want to share with you guys. Uh, my friend, Jimmy Connor from Bloor Street Capital is hosting the Uranium Conference 5.0, sponsored by Sprott. He's going to have uh, reps from Kazadamprom, Denison, WNA, ISO Energy, NextGen, WMC Energy. Now, WMC Energy is the entity that buys physical uranium for Sprott. That's probably going to be their director, Per Jander. Um, uh, I'm assuming so. They'll be representing WMC. You want to hear what he has to say. I will also be featured in this conference. I suggest that you attend. It will be free. This is on Tuesday, the 27th, this coming Tuesday, 10 a.m. Eastern time. Um, there's a registration link in the description of this video in the show notes for this podcast. 
I suggest that you check that out. All right, I'm going to end that there. I want to remind everybody again, we are now uh, T minus, let's see, T minus 10 days before the daily podcast will be exclusive for paying members of Uranium Insider Pro. I'm actually very much looking forward to this. And there's one reason, and there's a, multiple reasons, but the main reason is that I can speak more freely on exactly what I'm seeing in the sector because I, I always do save the highest level data for the people that are supporting me. And that's what we're going to be doing. And I'll be able to speak every single day on what I'm seeing on the charts, on what I'm seeing in the sector, data that's coming through that I typically save for email bulletins and newsletters will be able to share, be able to be shared on a daily basis with paying members. In addition, we had a fantastic webinar last uh, last week. Uh, excuse me, that was this week. Gosh, time is flying. Uh, that was three days ago. We had a fantastic webinar um, with uh, a really amazing guest. And um, that is up posted to our, our website. So anyone who is interested in joining, not only to... Uh, be able to hear these and see these daily podcasts that are going um, to members only starting in uh, the first week of October. You'll also be able to watch all of the previous webinars. And I strongly suggest that you watch the one we just recorded on Monday of this week and go back to uh, July of the summer. Now, of course, that was when sentiment was lowest. It was the lows of this recent um, intracycle low for the sector, but we interviewed Per Jander from WMC. And a lot of what was shared in that webinar has come to fruition in the markets, A. B, details some of what I've shared in this podcast, but we go way deeper into it. So you have to know what is coming for this commodity. And when you hear it from the guys that are buying and selling the commodity and see exactly what's going on in the physical market, it really can add to your conviction. So all of that is to say, I'm looking forward to this daily podcast uh, going to members only because I like to be able to speak freely and not have to uh, bite my tongue with information that I'm sharing. And that is going to be um, a big value add for paying members. Um, but of course, I'm going to look forward to doing this uh, podcast once a week. That'll be the free podcast. I'll try to make it a little bit more in depth than these daily podcasts, which are typically around 15 minutes. Um, and that'll go out every week, um, probably on a Friday. I haven't really figured that out yet, but we'll figure that out in the next couple of weeks. Okay, so click the link in the description to um, check out the registration for um, the Bloor Street Capital Uranium 5.0 conference. And I'm going to put another link in there for uh, Cuppy's event-driven event monitor, the KEDM service, if you're interested in joining that or signing up for the free trial to catch that conversation next Friday between uh, Cuppy, Paris Kupperman, and uh, Art Hyde and Adam Rodman from Segra. It's going to be a, a very interesting conversation. And um, these guys, especially when I, when I hear Art and Adam speak, it's... Um, it really adds to my own understanding of what's going on in the fuel cycle and adds to my conviction, as I already mentioned. So on that note, hang in there through this uh, wild sentiment ride. Very exciting time to be so bullish and confident in how this is going to play out for the commodity and for the sector with the backdrop of uh, these rate hikes and uh, risk off in the broad market. Very, very exciting. I love the volatility. I feed off of it. I know it's difficult. It's shaken out a lot of people, shaken out a lot of retail investors. But you know what? That's what makes a market. There's been a couple of bearish kind of takes this week that, um, I'm I, again, I'm not going to name them by name. But um, yeah, the, yes, there's plenty of uranium out there. But unless you understand the fuel cycle, you, you don't understand what's coming. And that's really important. All right. Thank you so much, you guys. I really appreciate your support. And uh, I will see you again tomorrow. Cheers. <laughs>